0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome everybody to behind the Braves presented by Jostens, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mast, Atlanta Braves, digital media content manager joined in the 1995 conference room here at Truist Park by 1995 World Series champion and my co-host director of Braves alumni relations, Greg McMichael, Uh, Greg. We're, I'm looking around at all these like in this conference room there's 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 pictures there's the celebra- the big painting on the wall over there or the big picture on the wall of the dog pile of you guys celebrating 95 so you, you're one of the pe- few people in this office that has two World Series rings I've got my one that I'm very proud of for 2021 and if you all out there haven't heard by now jostens.com slash braves you can go there get some cool merchandise some cool stuff inspired by the 2021 World Series ring or an actual 2021 World Series ring, if you Mm -hmm. so desire. It's all right there at Jossens.com slash Braves. So definitely check that out. We love having them as our presenting sponsor here on Behind the Braves. Packed show today, Greg. Really Mm. packed show. Two great interviews. Uh, first up, we're going to hear from Ron Knight, who's the director of minor league operations for the Braves. Uh, he talks about his job, HBCU night coming up. He's a, a proud uh, graduate of Morehouse College. And then following that, we've got Jason Jaramillo. I think I said it right nice. again. I hope nice. so. Yep. If, if I didn't, then he was just being <laughs> nice to me. But, uh, no, Jason's the CEO of Stat Hero, which uh, they've partnered with the Braves. And uh, some really cool stuff we've got going on with them, StatHero.com slash Braves. Uh, if you want to check that out but
2: yeah real two really fun different kind of interviews right very very different and uh loved having ron on obviously the minor leagues we don't talk enough about all the great work that they do and uh one thing i love about this job is that we get to meet interesting people right so jason ron uh hear about their stories hear about what they're doing and uh, it's always um It's always fascinating for me because obviously we all talk about baseball, we talk about the Braves, but yet um, we always get to rub shoulders with different people, so it makes makes, uh, life very interesting.
1: Absolutely. Well, let's get right into it here. First up, Director of Braves Minor
2: League Operations, Ron Knight. Well, Ron, thanks so much for joining us today on Behind the Braves. Ricky and I have talked about... the this organization there's so many fascinating people who people don't get to hear about right Um, i know we've had Dane on before we've had jason Paray, we've had uh, the team photographer i mean there's so many elements to the braves organization and we really pride ourselves on being behind the braves because we want people to know that we're full of all-stars all across the board and and so your role in the minor leagues um is no different it's one of those Positions that don't doesn't get talked about a whole lot, right? And we get to see the end result of your work a lot of times when these guys get to the big leagues, but we really don't know the day-to-day. I mean, I'm sure you go through how many cars and uh, every three, four years. <laughs> I mean, the mileage that you put on, I can't even imagine. Now, fortunately, we got our minor leagues are pretty close, right? Exactly. So we're not like a lot of teams where you got to jump on a plane. Thank God. I'm sure you're thankful for that. So I'd love to just hear from your perspective a little bit, kind of what what your role entails and, and how you um, help these young guys get to
0: the big leagues and get an opportunity to, to have a career. Absolutely. So before I get into that, I want to say thank you for, for having me. You guys have spent more time with me on my road trips <laughs> to affiliates than you probably realize. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever listen to myself on one of these trips. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, this is this is truly an honor. I want to start off by saying thank you for yeah, having well, thank me. You. Well, thank you. Uh, so, yeah, what I do, uh, so I work in player development, and which is exactly what it sounds like. You know, it's the development of the player once they're drafted, getting to the big leagues. But my role specifically is more of minor league operations. So instead of when these guys are between the lines, getting them stronger, faster, faster, Uh, My role is more outside of the lines, so it's their contracts, it's the the minor league rules that are associated with the roster transactions, it's uh, assisting our strength and conditioning and our nutritionists on the food that we're preparing for them, Uh, it's the visas for international players, it's their insurance, someone gets married, they call me, someone has a baby, they call me. Recently, we now cover the housing for our minor league players, so that all falls under me. And all of that combined is under a nice budget for me to manage, you know, day in and day out Mm -hmm. over the years. So uh, I'm not going to talk to a young Greg McMichael about how to develop his changeup better, but I will help him, you know, once he's getting ready to come to spring training, where are you living? Who are you living Mm -hmm. with? How are you getting there? Uh, once you're there, what are you going to expect if it's your first one? Uh, when, then once the season ends, this is when you can leave. This is when you get to your affiliate. This is where you'll be. This is when you get to the ballpark for the first time. So anything that's on the operational side is, is what I cover. Well, nice. I, and I, that's very important
2: because you want to take the burden off these guys to where they can just focus on baseball, right? And there's a lot of things. But but I will have to say, I mean, I'm kind of sad the peanut butter and jelly sandwich has gone away because, I mean, I lived many years on that in the club. <laughs> I don't even remember some of the things that you said because I don't think we had it. But that's evolved too, right? Now now the way Major League Baseball is, owns the minor leagues and, and all the stuff, you guys have really tried to – bring nutrition to these young kids and they're not just left over to eat eat or, or left to eat leftover pizzas like we did at the Motel 6.
0: Right. So one thing that Major League Baseball has done a great job of is uh, developing and improving the quality and quantity of food that we provide our players. And uh, most organizations now see that as a competitive advantage. You know, instead of giving these guys the food that's left over from the concession stand, or pizza you know what can we do to give these guys the fuel that they need to get through 140 plus games across the minor league season and in some cases 160 if they get promoted to the big leagues now peanut butter and jelly is still there. <laughs> They're good, uh, but it's more of a, like a pre-game snack rather than a postgame meal. Mm. And I think that's one thing that has been really good for our industry is just being more, instead of seeing a way to save money with our player development pl- and players across the system, really to invest in them because for an organization, organization like the Braves, we depend on them for the longevity of our major league success.
1: Mm. I was going to ask, what does a typical day look like for you, but I can't imagine there are that many Days that are the same. I, I mean, other than you're going to a similar distin- destination
0: a few times a year, but I can't imagine that there are many days that are the same, right? Uh, no, no, <laughs> no, most days are, are not the same. Uh, that's what I actually personally really enjoy. One of the things that I enjoy about the job, uh, I can get anything from just, you know, sitting at home watching the minor league game, and, you know, most people are watching to see. You know, did we win or lose? Same with the major league side. You know, we're looking to see if we win or lose. I'm looking at those same things too, especially at the major league level. But more specifically, if someone gets hurt, mm-hmm. if Arcia pulls into second base and he's injured, for me, number one, that's not good. But number two, okay, who do we have that's an option to come up? And what are the ripple effects? You know, if someone leaves, if Vaughn Grissom goes from A to the big leagues, someone is coming in behind him. From lower in the organization, so we're—it's the ripple effect that goes as far down as the complex in Florida, where we've got to make changes and get guys, you know, packed up on a flight here and there. This guy's driving. Well, this guy needs to go back and get his stuff, and so uh, that's one of the things that I deal with. And then, at any given point on any day, you know, players can reach out, just hey, Ron, I'm facing this issue, mm-hmm. and you know, it's a garbage disposal that's broken in my kitchen, or mm-hmm. the hey, the money that. I was supposed to get on my little digital car where I get my per diem, I was there was some fraudulent activity. And so I need help, you know, getting that back. You know, anything that these guys face off the field is where I tend to try to assist these guys so that they can focus on their mission on the field
1: does there when when you see a guy that you've like you get this 18 year old kid he's drafted signed international signing whatever and he comes into our system and then you're with him through all those steps and getting him here and then getting him from Northport, and then he's going to rome and then eventually makes it to mississippi maybe when then he maybe makes it all the way to atlanta i mean and some of these guys it's over the course of a number of years you've known them from when they're an eight 17 18 year old kid to now they're a, a man and they're making it to the big leagues is there an extra sense of pride for you when you? you see a guy that you've been
0: with that whole way when he makes it to the big leagues 100% and you know it's it's a fun it's fun to be a part of it but truthfully the the credit goes to our player development staff I mean we we have for me the best in the big leagues Mm -hmm. I've talked to counterparts across baseball Uh, I hear that the the things that they have to deal with sometimes with their staff and just because of the people we have in the Atlanta Braves organization I mean world-class coaches and world-class people uh they don't get the recognition that they sometimes deserve because you know they're out grinding in the middle of nowhere tennessee they're out grinding in the middle of nowhere alabama but when you when the fan base sees a michael harris Vaughn grissom or maybe a guy who you know comes up and maybe isn't a top prospect you know there are people who put their blood sweat and tears into these guys for years and years and years and you know. We're fortunate to have a great scouting department led by Dana Brown, who gives us these great players. But, you know, we bring them in and we hope to sustain them and hopefully get them a little bit better. And, you know, those guys are really the true, the guys that really go out and grind. And, you know, I just get to be a part of it and, you know, wish them, you know, have some part of it you know fingerprinting Mm. when they step to the plate for the first time or on the mound for the first time Mm. so I get to be a part of it but those guys are doing the true work you know in the cages and in the pens and getting after it Mm. well I have nothing but fond
2: memories of the time that I spent in the minor leagues it seems like that there was more time back in the day that guys spent there as opposed to now you know as far as if you track a lot of big leaguers you're kind of in and out of the game quicker which you and I've had conversations about but the people that I got a chance to work with Dom Chidi who's to be with us when i was with the cleveland indians he was the minor league pitching director and he spent hours with me just working on my craft right you know ground balls and covering first base and working on pitching and stuff and you just think about all those guys that you know what they're not they're not getting rich off that i mean they're just they love the game they've been a lot of them are lifers they played the game they've stayed in the game and um, I, i have a lot of admiration my scouts Roy Clark, who scouted me, who ended up having a pretty good career. Got up to, I think he was a president of scouting with us and with the Nationals. And just uh, have all the respect in the world for him. And those guys just beat the bush, as you know, that they've been scouting. They go all over the place. And we have a lot of alumni that do that. But I do have great memories, and, and I really appreciate a lot of those guys. I think, like we talked earlier, they just don't get the respect. They see these kids come up to the big leagues and they think, oh, wow, this guy's great. And they don't realize the hours that was put in, the development, the scouting, to even get them to the point. And because I went through it, I I understand a little bit more. And it's kind of hard for some people. They just don't really understand how the minor league works. But it is amazing how they, just the the effort that goes to it. One question I want to ask you about that is the fact that now with Northport, we have a phenomenal facility down there. And Ricky and I got to be a part of, you know, we run fantasy camp there. So we get to to, uh, experience some that you guys built and and get to be a part of that but man how how much has that helped you guys to be able to have that complex and the facility down there
0: I mean I could spend a whole hour just talking about the complex in itself so you know for anyone out there listening if you haven't been to a spring training game do yourself a favor and go it is the best facility in Florida arguably one of the best in baseball Uh, you go down there uh, you're, you know, you're driving, you're driving, and you're just like, okay, this is a nice, interesting little town. And then you make that turn, the turn and you, you pull up and it's just, you know, you're welcomed with, you know, the the photos and the pictures of, you know, Tom and Greg Maddox, John Smoltz and Terry Pendleton and which... TP is always quick to remind us that his face is on the side of the building, so uh, <laughs> treat treat him accordingly. Uh, but when you when you pull up, you're just you're you're welcomed with the past, and you can reminisce on you know the success that we had uh, in the 90s and and before then. And then once you get inside, you can see some of the younger players, and you know these are guys that you know admittedly a lot of fans probably haven't heard of, but when you're watching them, you're you're going to come away with who was that guy playing short? Like, when does he get into the big leagues? You know, you're going to walk away with excitement over the future of the organization. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago that Ozzy Albies was on that field. Mm, right. It wasn't that long ago when Ronald Acuna was on that field. And, you know, in the organization, we know who they are but you know for you who come into a spring training game you're like oh you know who's that guy he's really fast I was like actually hopefully he's you know our our you know starting center fielder you know in, <laughs> in a couple years you know so the facility down there you know it's got the academy it's got a world-class weight room I mean it's just a great facility for us to go in and do what we need to do continue to build the best players that we can to keep this thing going here at the major league level so it's it's been it's been really really fun to get down there and and work with those guys Mm. I just told the story on last week's episode of being on the field in the main field at
1: Northport and I think it was before the first actual spring training game. I was just on the field talking with some of the beat writers, Mark Bowman, Kevin McAlpin, Gabe Burns, some of those guys, just just chatting. And BP was going on behind us, and we were kind of standing up along the... The home dugout. And uh, the group that was hitting was a mixture of kind of prospects and then guys that you know probably bounced around for a while trying to win a job. And I admittedly, I'll, I'll be honest, I, every time Michael Harris, because he was the one guy I was really familiar with, every time it was his turn to go in the cage, I'd kind of stop paying attention to our, my conversation I was having and then watch him. And then I'd go back to the conversation. And then I kept noticing there was one guy going in the cage that wasn't Michael that kept grabbing my attention because I'm like, man, he is... He's knocking a snot out of the ball. I'm like, who is that? And finally I asked Bowman. I was like, who is that? He goes, oh, it's Vaughn Grissom. He's a middle infielder. I'm like, really? And just based on that one BP session alone, I was like, all right, I'm going to start keeping up with this kid. And so it's been – it's kind of cool. I was hearkening back when you just you were talking about seeing these guys. You know, Ronald Acuna was once on that field, but that sort of thing. I was thinking back to I think it was spring training. Is that the old facility? 2016, 17, somewhere in there. Probably 16, I went on a backfield and watched Max Fried throw a, a sim game against big leaguers. And it was just like me and one other person and then the guys on the field watching. And I was just so blown away watching him with, with his curveball in particular. And I, I had that thought after game six last year of like, man, I remember watching him before he was like a year or two before he was even in the big leagues on a backfield going, man, I think this kid's something special. <laughs> and it is something about like, and that's just to tie it together, going to the facility in Northport, see these kids, go to go to Rome, go to Mississippi, Augusta, Gwinnett, wherever and go see these kids now. Because I think it adds an extra element of just, it's, it's that much more special when you see them make it to the, to the big leagues, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: that's what we get to see every day. You know, right. We get to see it in spring training. We get to see it, you know, when we're making those long drives. Uh, we get to see it during the instructional league, and for us as a in player development, that's where you know where we thrive. You know, is getting these guys better, and you know, a lot of these guys will come out of high school and college with some you know prospect status attached to their name, or they were given a lot of you know bonus money. But when it's really fun, are the guys who didn't have a lot of clout hmm. when they first came in. Hmm. You know, guys who were just another guy out there. You know, where you know, you're out there to see Michael Harris and wait, who's that guy? Right. Vaughn Grissom, you know, (laughs) we we got a lot of, you know, is he related to Marquise Grissom? You know, and it's like, no, you know, it's just like a, you know, it's, it's always fun. I remember uh, the name that comes to mind uh, was Evan Gaddis. Evan Gaddis was like that, you know, you know, guys who Hmm. were just, you know, guys who were drafted and all of a sudden, you know, he's crushing the ball and you're like, all right, let's see if he can sustain that. And then six months later, yeah, he's, still crushing it, you know, (laughs) so, you know, the ones that you don't necessarily, you know, based on, you know, where they were drafted and, you know, what comes with it, you know, you want to think that, you know, all these guys have a chance and they do, they all have a chance, right. But the ones, you know, some have better chances than others. And when someone like that, who wasn't quote unquote expected to make it when they get to the big leagues and they get their first at bat and not only get their first at bat but have a big moment oh man that's what it's all about (laughs) for us you know we we thrive on that
1: Hmm. where did you like what first what first got you interested in the game i mean even as a kid were you who was your team who were you a fan of i mean what got you interested sparked your love of baseball
0: yeah yeah no so uh you know born and raised in atlanta so grew up in Braves country. So, you know, Braves, Falcons, Hawks, Bulldogs. Sorry. <laughs> Somebody's got to be a fan of theirs, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, growing up, you know, in the 90s, the Falcons weren't very good. Traditionally, the Hawks were not very good. I played baseball. My dad played baseball, you know, not professionally, but he, that was a sport he played growing up and we watched the Braves game every night. And so I was a fan. I was, you know, my dad would reference games that I don't really remember because I was three, you know, <laughs> but I'm told I was watching that game and week after week, season after season, I'll watch games. And, um, the story is that I tell is I was nine, 10 years old. Uh, it was a Sunday game, uh, just sitting at home, watching a Sunday day game with my dad on the couch. And I guess he found uh, it to be an opportune moment to just have a father son conversation. And he said, uh, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I remember, uh, I told him that I wanted to be an astronaut because uh, I had just seen the movie Apollo 13 Mm. with Tom Hanks. And I just, you know, at nine, I thought it would just be cool to like float, you know, in in space. (laughs) And as we're talking during the broadcast, they showed John Sherholtz sitting in his suite, just, you know, I don't know, maybe talking about the trade deadline or whatever, but they were showing him in his suite, just watching the game. And my dad just kind of just said, what if you were to be like John Sherholtz and like work for the Braves? And, you know, the expression, the light bulb went off, like the light bulb didn't go off. The light bulb exploded for me. <laughs> I didn't know you could work for a sports team. And so at nine, 10 years old, you just, oh, yeah, I want to work for the Braves. And then as you get into middle school and high school and college, you know, it's less about working for the Braves, although that would be cool. I just want to work in Major League Baseball. Like, that would be fun. Uh, I don't know if I want to work in scouting or player development or Major League Operations or whatever, but I just know I want to work on the player side of it. And as I got older and into college, that's what my focus was, and you know, it was coming out of school. It was wherever the opportunity presented itself, you know, so I didn't care if it was the Boston Red Sox gave me an opportunity, you know, if the Seattle Mariners gave me an opportunity, then mom, dad, I'm going to Seattle. Like, you know, it just, (laughs) it just so happened that the stars aligned where the Braves had an opportunity, took a chance on me. And, you know, there's a, A lot more to that story but that's the that's the short version of it
2: yeah i saw where you interned with the mets so i guess you were really i will go anywhere right (laughs) (laughs) i tell you what being being a former met i have a lot of respect for them there there's some really high quality people in that organization jay horowitz and some guys that were there and um there were a couple of guys i'm i'm drawing a blank on their names but i have i have good memories there too because they treated me with nothing but respect and one of the things i wanted to share with you that you may not know you know you were talking about all the high quality people in our organization well ricky and, I, and ricky knows this he may have met someone but in fantasy camp i always bring in staff to work the camps and we used all of our clubhouse staff from the minor leagues this year so angel piva Matt Forbes, Matt Childers, Nick Dixon, those guys, they all worked our camp. And they were phenomenal. I, wanted, I didn't get a chance to tell them think I've told you this, but I, highly, I was very, very um, excited about what I saw from them and how hard they work. So it goes right to your point that there's people in this organization that do their job at a very high level. And these are a bunch of young kids that I didn't know from Adam. and uh, And I got a chance to work with them. I was very, very impressed. So I wanted to make sure you knew that because I think they're all back. Cause they told me they're all coming back to camp next year. <laughs> so they want to work fantasy camp. Cause I told them we're doing two weeks next year and they're like, we're in, we want to do it. And they, they just did a really good job.
0: You know, I'll say this, you know, I think it's when you see a Michael Harris or a long Grissom gets to the big leagues, it's easy to look at the hidden coaches that they had along the way hmm. or the managers they had along the way. And you know, the scouts who first found them. Uh, but you know, the, Within player development, there are guys who had a hand in their career that, you know, just make life easier for them to focus on the game. You know, I'm not distracted about what's going on off the field because these guys are help, helping me handle it, and so I can focus when, when I step in the box what I need to do. Nick Dixon in AAA, Seth Childry in AA, Angel Piva in high A, Mason Henkel in low A, right. Matt, Mason. Matt, yeah. Matt, Matt Forbes down mm-hmm. in Northport, you know, Cole Landon with him, Manny That's Maldonado, right. yep. who, who is, you know, He's been with us a long time. Manny's been, been with us a long time. You know, he'll be the first to tell you, you know, if, you know, it's not that Freddie has a problem with me, it's if I had a problem with Freddie, you know, and he's, <laughs> he's got so much love for these guys and those guys, you know, when you look at people who have those kinds of jobs, it's, it's grunt work, you know, it's truly, truly grunt work. And, you know, it's very, a lot of times it's a very thankless job. And so, you know, fortunately we have someone who leads our group in Alex Anthopoulos and Ben Sustanovich who see the value of those guys and, you know, this year we were able to, you know, take them from being part-time to full-time employees mm, that's great. and, you know, truly helping them to be, you know, valued members. Because, you know, we've all been here long enough. Like, there are people who who work for the Braves. These are guys who, who don't just work for the Braves. Like, you know, they're not just employed by the Braves. You know, they, they are what makes up the organization. Mm-hmm. There are people who come and who go, but yeah, these guys are part. the lifeblood of it. And, mm-hmm. you know, they've got great leadership from what we have here in the major leagues, with Calvin and Jeff Pink and, you know, Eric Durbin and, you know, those guys, Chris Hunter. Like I mean they've got again, I'll use the word world class, which is not a word that we throw around a lot, but you know, they have world class guys to look up to and who can give them the guidance to, mm. you know, continue their careers and get here to the big leagues. So it's really, it's really fun to watch guys, not just on the field grow, but you know, guys who were in the clubhouse grow. So yeah. Thank you for pointing those guys
2: out. Well, it's always great to not only work here, if you don't work with high quality people, it's not as fun to work here. Right. And I I say that all the time that it's more about the people I get a chance to work with outside of Ricky that, um, (laughs) that that make this job what it is, because I I don't care. That's what to me makes up just this great organization and being a part of it. So anyway, I, I thought you'd get a kick out of that. because I don't even know if you knew that they were working with us doing the fantasy camp. So I thought I'd make sure that they, they knew, you
0: knew that they were doing a good job. Yeah, so. they, yeah. They, they reached out to me before, oh, they did? before okay, coming good. down because they were asking about transportation. And I said, actually, that's Greg's budget. So <laughs> <laughs> Always glad to pass it to the budget. Exactly.
3: <laughs> okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
1: Well, Ron, we've got a special night coming up this Friday at Truist Park, I believe HBCU night, and you're Morehouse grad, is that correct? So we just wanted to talk to you as we build up to HBCU night, which is the the number of things talking about how proud we are of our organization that the organization is involved with beyond just just the game itself, growing the game. I mean, Michael Harris, that that story is like, that's like the, the story of how... How he got here is like that's like Hollywood wouldn't script that. Like hmm. oh It's not real. That couldn't happen. Like no, that that actually did happen. But with HBCU Classic and HBCU Night is another extension of that. Just just wanted to talk to you about how attending an HBCU impacted your life and how you still carry on that that legacy with you in in your professional life.
0: I, I mean Morehouse, and I should you know. For those of my uh, friends out there, dear old Morehouse, uh, the impact that they—I mean—it had on me was tremendous. You know, I when I was growing up, I you know didn't know where I was going to school going to going to go to school. Uh, both my parents went to HBCUs. My aunts, uncles, cousins who all went to HBCUs. And for anyone who knows me, uh, knows that you know I kind of do my own thing sometimes. So, as a junior in high school, when you're taking you know the SATs and all that, you know. I just wanted to go wherever the best opportunity was. If it was University of Tennessee, that's where I'm going. You know, if it was James Madison, that's where I'm going, you know? And so it wasn't until my, it was Christmas of my senior year of high school that I sat down and uh, where I should say my parents sat me down and we just had an open and honest conversation, went for hours and I was all right, I'm I'm going to Morehouse. And so one of the things that I appreciate about what they did for me then is, I wasn't just one of 3000 students on campus, you know, professors knew me by name and not just me but all all the students in class and so the relationships that you have with your classmates and professors and staff was was something that for me I I can't speak for other universities and colleges out there. I just don't know that I would have gotten that at other programs. And I still have, you know, relationships with those same staff today. Uh, a lot of them are asking for tickets to games. <laughs> well, but <laughs> take the good with the bad, the, right? The, you know, the relationship <laughs> is, is still out there. I mean, but no, in all seriousness, you know, when I was an intern, didn't make a lot of money. You know, they were still taking me out to lunch. Mm. You know, coming out and giving me wisdom and hey, you think about this, think about that. And, you know, I, I truly don't know if I would have been able to get to this point now, if it weren't for Morehouse college. So I, am forever indebted to Morehouse and, you know, it's just, I'm something, it's something that I'm so proud to be a part of. I noticed that, um,
2: you're on the board of LEAD. So there's a lot that goes on in this community. And I think about that organization. I think about Marquise's organization and of course, Antonio Grissom, who's the head coach at Morehouse. And one thing I've, I've th- that's always bothered me is that a university like that would only have one scholarship for baseball. And and I think it's an NCAA problem. I don't think it's a it's an us problem. I think it's more the fact that how can that be? Because how could you even compete in a sport when, I mean, it's bad enough it's 10 and a half, you know, at, at, at major universities, right? But then you get down to a point where you can only do one. I've always thought, man, what? how can we change that? You know, and I know there's probably something about us being a professional level, you know, an amateur level and being able to provide scholarship. But to me, what greater impact could you make on it on an athletic? athletic program is to be able to provide scholarships have you ever thought about that or have you were you aware that they only had I'm sure you did but uh just to me this seemed like that was such a crazy crazy thing when I when Antonio told me that
0: yeah I mean have I thought about it yes do I think about it often yes uh you know just it's it's come a long way and I've come a long way with it when I showed up at Morehouse's uh campus as a freshman you know, my first question to, you know, some of the uh, faculty and the athletic director was, hey, how can I, how can I get involved with the baseball team? You know, I, I can't coach, I can't play, but maybe I can, you know, log stats for them or, you know, something. And selfishly, you know, I want to use that to help kind of propel my baseball career. And that's when I was told, we don't have a baseball team. Hmm. We don't have a baseball team. Uh, No, I, I, no, you did. You did. Cause I looked it up. You had this guy, like, you know, and I remember sitting there, you know, Don Glendennon, you know, MVP of the 1969 World Series, went to Morehouse, like, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 we we don't have one. We we had one, but it was cut, you know, due to funding. Do you imagine if Tennessee cut the baseball program due to funding? That's one of the last yeah. things to go, right? Yeah, right, right. But at an HBCU, you know, the baseball team is one of the first things to be cut, you know, and, you know, it was just like a, it was a reality check, hmm. you know, it was like, okay, I didn't ever think as a high school senior to ask you know do you have a baseball team you google it there they are and like that's it and so uh it starts off with not having a baseball team they eventually you know got a baseball team obviously right after i graduated is when the baseball team came back and one scholarship here one scholarship there and you know you've had you know players come through that were pretty good players but you knew that as much as you know as you want to root for those guys they're probably not going to be you know Mm -hmm. drafted at any point so I think as an industry we're getting to a point now where that need is recognized and before you can fix the problem you have to acknowledge the problem and so with the money that's being invested hopefully it continues to grow so that we can get guys like that mm. uh up to you know in player development on minor league teams in the big leagues because we could go on forever on this but going back to african-american viewership you know ha- giving those young kids someone to look up to ha- giving them those opportunities uh is something that's I hope to play a smart, small part in through LEAD, through this podcast, through, you know, my time at the Braves. But it's something that I think Major League Baseball has started to recognize. And, you know, hopefully five years from now is better than it was five years ago. And we can continue to, to do that. Well, I can't wait to see the impact that guys like von chrissom and mark
2: and uh, michael harris are going to make on the next generation because they should be being looked up to right now you know from what we've tried to spotlight here in the organization but the kind of press they're getting they're playing on a good team they're in a great town so hopefully uh, we'll we'll have a really neat story that we'll see the impact of that you know in years to come from what they've done just by coming through the organization uh and then our, our rbi programs and all the stuff that we've got going on right now so real proud of that. I'm hoping that we'll continue to to support that in a huge way and, and I, I know that we're making headway there's a lot of work to do um, especially in softball and um, people are trying to they're they're looking at us like, oh, uh, softball? Really? You're supporting softball? Yeah, we're that's part of our growing the game initiative, and we want to see more girls playing softball, and and so we're doing a lot of cool things there, but trying to bridge that gap and trust that that know that yeah, the Braves are interested just like girls baseball. We're interested in you know we're interested in um, a lot of stuff that's going on in and around our footprint, and I think we're going to have a really cool story to tell here in about 10 years when all the work that's been done and will continue to go on. And so I, I appreciate you. I know that the stuff that you're doing in the minor leagues is not always seen, right? But you, you play a really important part in these guys' lives. And, and then when we get to see them in the big leagues, it's you, know, you got your fingerprint on that. And so thank you for that, but also just uh, in the HBCU community, you know, we we do the HBCU Classic with Fambu and Grambling, which two of our great alumni, Marquise and and um, Ralph Gar. So uh, we're going to continue to do that. Which now I'm in charge of that. So uh, definitely we're going to keep that going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no,
0: that's that's really cool to see. I mean, that that when I first started here, those things were ideas that. I remember thinking, oh, man, that'd be kind of cool. And to see what it's become, I mean, it's it's truly, truly remarkable. You know, there are kids out there watching those games sitting in the stands and hearing about it on social media, and and I think that's, you know, we're putting the hard work now, and hopefully years down the road, you know, we'll have a guy on the big league roster that says, hey, remember when you did that game back at Truist? Mm -hmm. You know, I was at that game, you know, and that's what inspired me, you know. So, yeah, thank you for, you know, what you do there and for anyone out there. Like, you know, that's your, your hard work on that is, is really, really critical, not just for the Braves, but for our, our sport and the community. For sure. Well, Ron, last question.
1: Uh, what advice would you give to somebody who their dream is to work in baseball, especially you? I think you're the we've asked. I've asked that question of a number of folks we've had on here. I think you're easily the youngest. Like you had the. The that dream at the youngest age of anybody we've asked i mean nine ten years old that's that's talk about a lifelong dream i mean that's that's Mm -hmm. it so what advice would you give somebody if their dream is just to work in baseball in some capacity
0: you guys are asking the 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 great questions uh again i could go on forever (laughs) on that wow um you know, it, it, so many things come to mind. Um, I'll just ramble here
1: yeah. you know, as, as it comes to me. That's what I do when somebody asks me that question. <laughs> I, I literally, I, I rattle off like it's five harder. different things. Yeah. It's
0: hard. It's not an easy answer. No. You know, I, I remember back in school, um, someone's, you know, they're talking about networking and, you know, you got to put your name out there. And it's, you know, in college, like, yeah, I know, networking. You know, we all, we all know that. And the line that I remember him using was, you know, you, you know the phrase, it's not, what you know, it's who you know. And he said, it's actually one step further. It's not what you know. It's not who you know, but who knows you. Mm -hmm. And so you may have met Theo Epstein or Alex Anthopoulos on an elevator, you know, as you pass through Truist Park or seeing them at a grocery store, like, you know them, but do they know you? And so if you, if someone were to mention your name to them, would they know who you are? And when they, if they do know your name, what do they think of, right? So networking isn't just an email. In, networking is truly going out there, getting to know them. If you are going to meet with someone like that, know something about them, you know, know something about them. I try to take, keep that to this day. Uh, you know, one example was just in this conversation. I didn't know that you were a Tennessee guy. I didn't know you were a James Madison guy, but some find some level of common mm-hmm. ground where You know, you can, you know, they, you can show that you got interest in what they did or how they got there. There are going to be hundreds and hundreds of resumes that come across, you know, our desk, hundreds. Like someone told me that I didn't really believe it. I was like, sure. There's a lot, but like, no, I'm telling you, hundreds, Mm -hmm. there's so many, it's so easy to be cast aside for the wrong reasons. Come in, be professional and just put your best foot forward and, you know, work ethic, having some feel in a, in a corporate Mm -hmm. office. No, one's going to be mad at you for coming in wearing a suit. You know, so yeah, in an interview, you mm-hmm. know, uh, in sports, maybe not your first day of work, like in an interview. But I'll leave you with this, you know, just because I can't go on as long as I want to. Um, there's a great book out there. Dig your well uh, before you're thirsty. It's by Harvey McKay. Dig your well before you're thirsty. Mm-hmm. So have your network in place before you actually need it. I've told so many people about that book that I feel like I should get some profit from <laughs> it, but it's a great book that just kind of gets you started on your career. And mm-hmm. even if you're, you know, want to change careers, just getting out there and, you know, what's the best way to approach professional situations where you're having to talk to someone you don't know. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, again, great question. I could go on forever, but mm-hmm. that book will give a great start. Just kind of give people guidance out there. Mm-hmm. That's so great.
2: Well, Ron, thanks so much. This has been a lot of fun. Um, like I said, we don't get to hear a lot about the minor leagues and especially all the great work you're doing. So thank you for that. And thanks for uh, sharing with the audience um, about what's going on. And, and we're going to be looking for it. I mean, you guys have set the bar really high. I mm-hmm. mean, you got Michael Harris, you got Vaughn Grissom. I mean, I'm sure everybody's like, well, who else we got yet? What got guy, guy down there? Why why aren't they bringing them up yet? <laughs> so um, you guys are, are spoiling our fans, and, and uh, we it's a lot of fun to watch. I mean, it's – it's one of those times of the year where it can get really, um, I don't know, not boring, but just you can get in a lull, you know, the dog days of dog summer. Days. And then you start bringing up guys that are just lighting it up out there. Man, it gets everybody excited in a time where we really needed it, right? This this team needed a spark and leave it to the young guys to start feeding off each other and, and get this team a spark. So I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen tonight. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But thanks for coming in.
0: Thank you again. Thanks, Proud Ryan. Appreciate it. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE.
1: And now, Stat Hero CEO, Jason Jaramillo. Well, Jason, thank you for joining us here on Behind the Braves. Now, I'm going to warn you out of the gate. You've got one hillbilly to my right from Tennessee and another one from the mountains of Virginia. So regardless of whichever one of us was saying this we will probably butcher it so I'm going to try Jason
3: is it Jaramillo uh, the, the R was rolled perfectly there wow. Greg Do you like that that was wow. that was wonderful okay yeah. I can't even roll my R's <laughs> that's how I know he's being nice yeah. He's, yeah, yeah I yeah.
1: set the bar low before he said anything. <laughs> right. yeah, there you go. well Jason thank you so much for joining us your CEO of Stat Hero we've got a really cool partnership with Stat Hero and the Braves and we'll get into the background of how Stat Hero came to be and, and all of that good stuff but right out of the gate let's talk about like what you guys have got going with us right now with the Braves because it's uh, some pr- very cool game that fans can play, but uh, very cool prizes that fans can win as well. So just tell us a little bit about the game.
3: Yeah, so uh, you know off the off the jump, the, you know I think the most important part is you said it right that the prizes we're giving away here ten thousand dollars. Braves fantasy camp entry uh, which is the grand prize now as the fans continue to win uh, you know from the from the beginning they're, they're gonna see prizes as they get to that to that point and it, the gameplay that we're, we're giving to the fans with the Braves is, is pretty simple we show you two teams. Uh, comprised of Braves players and their opponent that they're playing uh, on any given day. And then the fans would then choose the the team that they think are gonna have a better day for that particular game. If the fans are right, they win. If they beat the other side, and they and they can they can continue their winning streak, just like a beat the streak people would probably be used to playing. Mm-hmm. And uh, as they're winning consistently, they're unlocking all these different prizes. Uh, if they continue and they win uh, I think it's fifteen times they're going to see ten thousand dollars, and again they're playing for free, so ten thousand dollars in an entry to Braves Fantasy Camp. So, uh, no, it's it's exciting. It's because I think in order to get the fans uh, engaged which is really important to the Braves as the conversations we've had with them, you know, getting fans to look up from their phone and actually pay attention to the action from start to finish. Uh, So, you know, when fans have something riding on the game, whether you're gambling or you're playing this free-to-play game uh, and are able to win something that's worthwhile, that's why this is so exciting and this program is is doing great right now. Hmm.
2: What would be the most important stat I mean, is it based upon total bases, batting average, or is it just kind of an algorithm of a bunch of different things? Oh, that's a great question, Greg. So, uh, how it's determined uh, is it's
3: fantasy scoring. So, and people get intimidated, like, oh, fantasy. I don't. Uh, I'm o- I'm over it already. You know, but <laughs> but it's pretty simple, right? If a player gets a single, they get a certain amount of points. Double, triple, home run. Uh, it's basically uh, all offensive statistics. Uh, strikeout, you get minus two points. So, it's a very easy scoring system. Them. And so you know, yesterday Dansby hit a bomb. Mm. That's ten points right there. And you know your your team's looking pretty good against the other you know squad that they're going up against. So it's very very easy to play. It's the uh, and it's very easy to understand. You have a scoreboard you're reading uh, and you're rooting for your side, right? At the very first win off the bat, you're getting 20% off tickets for the Braves for the from the Braves. Nice. Uh, you know you win three times in a row, you're getting a championship T-shirt. You win five times in a row, now you're talking. You know four tickets. To um, four tickets to the game, you know, eight times in a row, you're getting an autographed uh, memorabilia from the Braves. So, and again, free to play. Uh, if you lose, you can just start right back over and, and try to hit that streak and go for that 10K uh, before the end of the season. So, so
1: during games, I work uh, in the press box usually, and. Yesterday, before the game, I was uh, talking with one of my buddies up there, Mark Bowman. He's covered the Braves for almost 25 years now. And he was showing me his college football fantasy league that he's in. And he literally had an Excel doc up. And he's got like... Like receivers from Alabama, I've heard of, but also like some kicker from UTEP or or something, and like and I'm and he literally has this whole thing, and I'm like, Bo, this is great that you love this and you're into this. I don't even know where to start with this, and that's no disrespect to him. I just that's just that's too much for me. If I go to stathero.com/slash/braves, it's that's what I need to see. It's very user friendly. It's it's simple, and I know exactly what I'm choosing. How I'm choosing? How did how did the idea for this game come about?
3: Yeah, and, and again, it is very intimidating, and that was one of the reasons why you know I'm i I'm an avid sports better, uh fantasy fantasy player. But I found I had a lot more control when I when I actually put my money on actual players because players I knew, but bad beats in in sports betting is I mean everybody if you if you sports bet you know it's happened to you right there's things out of your control that just end up happening and you know as as sports bettors would know on a long on a long term scale most of the time you're going to end up in the negative so i wanted to change that you know i wanted to give more of a winning experience to fans so you know this is a free to play but we all also offer cash games and you know, I still wanted them to have the same feel as if they were sports betting. But it would be more on the fantasy side. So instead of betting teams, you're playing you're putting your money on players. And, you know, everybody, you know, follows these Braves players, you know, pretty closely to know, okay, you know, I like this pitching matchup or, you know, the sometimes he struggles against this guy and, and I I have more confidence saying this guy's gonna have a good a good day versus if, you know, the Mets are gonna hit, you know, on, on some, you know, last minute uh, big inning or something something like that. That's hard to predict, but it's easier to predict players. So I wanted the fans, uh, and our players to be able to, to do that and feel comfortable and have it winning in their control more or
2: less. That's great. I love, I love, uh, the idea of pools and you know (laughs) you think about the championship I mean he's a huge basketball fan so I mean you can't go through March Madness without thinking about pools and then golf I love golf so the golf pools and I think just that whole idea of it makes the sport a little bit more interesting especially specific players we all love our own players I don't know who your favorite player was growing up but uh, I grew up watching the 82 Braves so you think about Dale, uh, Dale Murphy and Bob Horner and Steve Bedrosian, those guys, and so I have a vested interest because I want to pay attention to them and I don't really want to pay attention to a bunch of other teams, but anything that kind of draws me into that. Now when you guys do, do you set the lineup only with Braves players or is it a mixture of both teams? You can either pick the Mets team or you can pick the Braves team or is it is it your lineup of the Braves?
3: Yeah, no, and, the, and we try to make it uh, really interactive for the Braves fans, so we make sure we put a good amount of Braves players on both sides, so they're you know, throughout the whole game either. Now it's probably tough, right? right? If you have 10 K on the line and, you, and you're and you like, Oh man, if this hits, I had a chance. You're, you, you might find yourself rooting against the Braves players for that day. Certain Braves players. Right. But, uh, uh maybe just not as good as your players you're, you're hoping for. But, uh, yeah. So we set Braves players on both sides and then we'll throw a couple wild card from the opposing team in there. Just so, you know, you have something vested as, as the game's
2: going on on both sides of the unit. Nice. Yeah. Was this software that you created or? I wish. How did that? <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, uh, no, it was it was an idea that I created I had to uh, instill and uh, in, in get a development team on board mm. with that and it's funny how how fast we grew and you know we have a small but efficient team and and we're able to you know have these conversations with big league teams uh, which which is cool and, and for them to actually have you know belief in the product and see the design and how much work was was put into it right uh, and, it, and it's really important I mean there, there's you know as we as we've grown and I'm sure you guys have seen it I don't know the state of Georgia Georgia, tried getting, uh, you know, approved gambling and, it, mm. and unfortunately it didn't happen. Hopefully it happens soon. But you know, there's such a need with, with the industry and, and, and where it's turning, right? Pretty soon you're going to start to see uh, spreads and money lines and, and so on. And so on while you're watching a game, I mean, it's inevitable to happen, right? And you know, it was important for the Braves and us to, to, to give the fans some type of, uh, you know, tip of the spear uh, type of interaction, you know, to understand, wow, like this is going to be great. Like having some Thing riding on the game even if I'm playing for free but having the option to play for cash but even if I want to just play for free and make this game more interesting on, on every single time the Braves get out there you know I'm all for it so uh, that was a long answer to your question but uh. no
2: I, I just when you brought up the state of Georgia of course we've all followed here obviously we have a vested interest with um, the Braves and knowing that if that's going to happen but how many states has it passed in and where does Georgia stack up in some of the other states
3: yeah so so it's 36 states right now are approved. Um, are they implemented yet? That's that's ongoing, right? Uh, I think it's probably around f- close to 15 right now that actually have regulations, because once it gets approved, then they have to do their own state regulations based on, you know, what they want in and out of the state, allowing applications to come in, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. On the fantasy sports side, uh, since we're games of skill and not chance, as sports betting would be considered, uh-huh, okay. we're, we're more skill-based. So right now, Stat Hero as of today, uh, we are active in 34 states right now, wow. uh, plus DC. So uh, it, it's it's better because you know states recognize, hey, this this isn't a chance-based game that's less mm. likely to you know uh, develop some type of bad habit. Uh, so you know a lot of these states are more open to allow fantasy sports because fantasy sports is the one that actually came out came out about. We started getting up, getting approved years ago. So,
1: so in looking at the stat here, or the Pickem Challenge, like just as I'm, I've got the website pulled up here. So, as you're sitting here today, you can pick Acuna's crew as we're as we're taping, pick Acuna's crew or pick Olson's boys. So you got Team Ronald Acuna and Team Matt Olson. And so for Ronald, you've got Ronald Acuna, Austin Riley, and then from the Mets, uh, Sterling Marte. And then from Matt Olson's team, you got Matt Olson, Dansby, or Pete Alonzo. And they've given the projected totals of each one, and it's it's a within it's about a what. Seven point seven five, three quarters of a point there are the projections. So so you really gotta sit there and figure out, okay, which which side am I riding with? And it it does add an extra I'm in a, a NASCAR pool with people that we work here and it's not even for money, it's just for fun and bragging rights, but even just the wanting to beat them, like that keeps me that keeps us watching a little bit more each week for mm-hmm. our drivers or whatever. And uh, but again, StatHero.com/Braves and you can you can pick one of the teams here and this is every day these these teams are put out like that right
3: yes uh, every Braves game home or away you know we're offering uh, these lineups for fans to be able to pick a side and from this. Uh, recording, but you know fans are looking, listening to right now. They're, they're going to see an, a different lineup up there, right. but the same premise, right? Uh, it's going to be Mets, the Mets series tied in with uh, the Braves players, and you know it, it is. We have to make sure that these f- uh, players are always going to be active, obviously. So sometimes you might see somebody inactive. We'll, we'll replace it pretty quickly, but uh, you know since we're releasing these lineups ahead of time, uh, you know it, it's fun. It's it's a lot of fun, and, and right now there's a there's some people that have a seven game winning streak and really and yeah. okay eight game winning streak and they're, they're starting to hit these big, these bigger prizes. And, wow. uh, and, and, as the season goes on, we're going to lower cause we want somebody to win this this big grand prize. Right. So mm-hmm. we're going to be lowering the, it's probably going to go down to 10 games if nobody's hit it. And, uh, you know, everybody's going to have a shot. We're, we're putting up the 10 grand Braves are putting up the fantasy camp and, and we're going to make sure somebody wins this thing. Nice. Yeah.
2: So when, as a big league player, I walked in the clubhouse and the first sign you see is no gambling on baseball right? We all know Pete Rose, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, can the, I mean, can anybody, is there, is there restrictions to this on who can do it? 18 years old sure. or anything like that? So what are the requirements? So, uh, obviously players can't do this because, you know, they're the ones playing the game. So as of right now, they're the only ones restricted, right? <laughs> well,
3: unfortunately, uh, employees of Stad Hero can, can, cannot play this either. And as along with those, those athletes as well, Greg, but, uh, yeah, you have to be 18 and, uh, 18 or older to play. You get, you get vetted th- through the website, you register, uh, uh, you know, they make sure you are who you say you are, mm-hmm. so make sure that these prizes are going to the right people. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, outside of that, uh, Braves fans, you don't have to be live you don't have to live in Georgia uh, to play this uh, since no, it's free to play it's it's available in all fifty states. so um the cash games are in the r thirty four states uh, so yeah, no it it's um it's so wide that's a great
2: open to, to everybody since it's free to play, it's Pretty wide much. open to everybody nice. yeah.
3: All right, so let's see. I'm going to go through these prizes again. So,
1: you said you've already got people at 8, so they're getting they're, they they can get an autographed item at 8 wins. So, what uh what right, what, what are some of the uh, what are some of the autographed items? It's a, it's a personal I'm a, as a collector. People who have listened to this show for a long time. No, I am like I, I, I collect my, my office is like an explosion of just memorabilia and stuff. So that, that piqued my interest. I am curious. What are some of the things that are available? Yeah.
3: I yeah. mean, it was amazing. Cause Greg McMichael said he'd show up at your house and he'd sign <laughs> private, pitching that you, lessons, pri- right. private pitching <laughs> lessons, it, yeah. you know, start you off on the tee. you know, for, <laughs> uh, no, it, it's, it's, it's up, you know, it's, it's obviously it's inventory related. Right. So, uh, you know, the, the Braves are the ones that are, are putting these prizes up, but the, the, you know, they're, they're going to be, you know, I'm, I'm guessing anywhere from b- baseball bats, the, to to, 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 to gloves, to, um, you know obviously something that the fans we know mm-hmm. that are, are going to autograph
0: you
2: know, be, balls auto, mm-hmm.
3: exactly exactly um i've seen the closet it's pretty healthy yeah <laughs> yeah so.
1: well and then again the the grand prize of fantasy camp Longtime listeners of this show know how much fun fantasy camp is because we talk about it regularly we record one or two episodes there every mm-hmm. year uh, to, so to win a chance to doing that it's just going to be that's, that's a pretty good fun. grand prize uh, that's a <laughs> great grand prize
3: yeah after after what i've heard everything that it entails that that greg runs man that 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 in itself is 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 worth it. Coupled with the 10K that they can use to yeah. take you guys out, uh, well, at the end of every that's game, right? right. That's
2: right. <laughs> <laughs> they might have the after part. One of the after parties <laughs> on them.
3: <laughs>
1: That'd be pretty good. That's fantastic. Well, Jason, thank you so much for taking the time and uh, for this great partnership. Mm-hmm. And again, fansstathero.com/slash/braves to uh, to check it out. Uh, thank, thank you guys you so James. much. Thanks, Thanks. I appreciate right. it.